Today in Lockdown Red Wings, Steve Eiserman extends Larkin eight years and then immediately turns around and trades defenseman Philip Ronick. What's happening? You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, WWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty is the host over at Lockdown Tires, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. And Scotty, we have one hell of an episode ahead of us here today. And I, I feel like we shouldn't do any like pleasantries. We should just kind of dive right into it. Yeah, um, I don't even want to say hello to you. Yeah, I mean, let's just skip right past yeah. that. I don't even want to say talk. what's up, dude. I don't even care about your day. I'm just ready. Well, we know how this day has been. It's been invigorating, I guess is the best term I can use. Let's start Good off Lord. the beginning because I want to get this out of the way before I forget to talk about it. The Red Wings signed out of the QMJHL. Alexander Dosset to an entry-level contract. He is fifth in the QMJHL in total points. Yeah. So far this season, he's got 89 points in 58 games played. Uh, he split those two. He split that season with Valdor Fores. For, I'm, I'm, I don't know my French pronunciations, but that's my best guess. As well as now he's currently with the Halifax Mooseheads. Good depth signing, taking a flyer on a guy who's having a great year. Real breakout season projected to have a, over 100 points this year. Yeah, no problems with it. Yeah, yeah, word. All right, all right, cool. Now we're past <laughs> that. Let's get right into the real stuff. Uh, as you know, I joked about it saying that those set was like, Oh, the signing we've been waiting for. But the day after signing Jake Wallman to a three year, $3.4 million contract, which had us absolutely riled up, Steve Eiserman says, Bet I'm gonna do you one better. And we finally get an extension for Dylan Larkin, which is a guy we have been waiting for all year. And I had actually given up on the idea that it would happen during the season. I thought that with the team's position, it might just wait until after the season had ended. But here we are, eight years, $8.7 million for the captain, Dylan Larkin. And again, three three years and $3.4 million for Jake Wallman because we didn't do an episode yesterday. We didn't get an opportunity to talk about it. On both of those, Scotty, how what is your, your, your initial reaction? Do you think they're fair, fair value for those players? I love both deals. Um, I, I don't know if you want to how much we want to really split up the conversation between the two of them, or uh, honestly, if they kind of both fall into a similar boat, but I'm very, very pleased with both. And, and look, I mean, we can just go straight into Larkin, I guess. Uh, I know that there is a section of the fan base that is like Larkin hater esque and, and whatnot, but Less than nine mil for the captain of your team for the next eight years. I I don't know. I I don't see. And yes, like we we can we can talk about how 
he didn't produce in, in the Ottawa like home and home and how everyone looked awful and the Red Wings got you know absolutely just destroyed on back-to-back nights but uh I, I don't think that should take away from how he's looked on the season and I think the fact that you got him under nine is 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 a beauty I'm, I'm totally fine with it yeah that's an absolute win in my books so yeah, the, it's kind of it's kind of ironic that coming off of two absolute duds, Eisman signs these guys to like act the, to deals, right, and yeah. so uh, you know people there are the haters out there are saying like he drops two massive eggs and you're gonna reward him with eight point seven million dollars for the next eight years average, uh, but people how quickly people forget that when this team was on that hot streak he put that team on his back. I mean, he was over, he was a point and a half per game across that seven and three hot streak that the Red Wings are on. He was the guy. And the few flashes the Red Wings did see in those games against Ottawa, and when I say few, I mean like there were like two. A lot of the yeah. times it was carried by Dylan Larkin's play. Not to not to say he played good in those games. Nobody played good in those games. And, you know, if it weren't for all these all this great news that came out today, we would have had several choice words about that second game in Ottawa, but we're deciding to bury the hatchet on that one. Basically everything that we said in the first game is, um, you know, can be relayed again in the second game. So we're just going to, we're just going to say that's our thoughts. (laughs) The first game is our thoughts on the second. They both went extremely poorly. Yeah. They went horribly, but across the season, Dylan Larkin on pace to have a career year on pace to break his career high. He's got 57 points in 59 games played. He's a, dy- a dynamic center, has turned himself into a two-way center. His uh, hockey, his stat card, his player card on evolving hockey has him at 90 per- a 90th percent uh, wins above replacement, top 10% forward in the league. He's strong both forward, defense. He's got speed. He's got touch. He's got a touch of scoring as well. He's a really well-rounded center, and there's so much more to this signing for Dylan Larkin than just the contract itself as it, it it sets up an internal cap structure for the Detroit Red Wings for years to come. This is got, this guy is going to be the barometer for all future contracts for the Detroit Red Wings, as well as it finally allows this team some roster stability, something that they have not had. They signed cop in the off season. They signed Sherratt in the off season. You had five, you had four years. That was the, the sign that we are finally beginning to build a culture, getting away from the selling culture, which is funny because it just sold uh, sold Heronic, which we'll talk about uh, later in this episode. But then signing Larkin, extending Woolman. You want a, a couple Mata in there as well? Go for it. Extending all these guys shows that this team is trying to create a stability in that locker room to build a culture of winning. And it starts with your captain, Dylan Larkin. And when brought up against all the comparables, Scotty, 8.7 million for Dylan Larkin is fair value. I'm sorry, guys. You can disagree all you want, but 8.7 million in a league where the cap is going up and the percentage of that cap he is taking up is going to shrink is fair value. Under $9 million is a win. Yeah, 100%. And and I think it's – I'm trying to find the exact numbers here. Um, I'm pretty sure I saw a thing earlier that it was super front loaded, which is kind of interesting it given is. the but it it doesn't when it comes to the cap hit, it's all no, no, no that wasn't average. a negative at all. I was just stating like as far as you know how roster built and such, it's it's very 
interesting. That's something we get into later. But I also think it's important that, you know, this is very clearly when we talk about building. And I know that these are like, I don't know, like trigger words and people just kind of say them just to to be dramatic and whatnot. But this is very much a, a... you are buying in to the culture of Dylan Larkin being the captain of your hockey team, right? That's mm-hmm. that that's that's what this front office and Steve Eiserman fully agree with and believe. I mean, he's also the one that made Larkin captain, right? Larkin didn't yep. have a C before Eiserman was here. So uh, clearly, this is something that Steve Eiserman is is very uh, okay with and, and very much sees eye to eye with uh, I guess a lot of people on and the rest of the front office on Dylan Larkin being the, the the captain of this hockey team and I and I think there is you know people have the debate on is Larkin good enough to be a 1C on a Stanley Cup winning team and how good can he get and how much better can he get and whatnot and really none of that matters on a, on a day like today like this is this is a long-term signing and and you can be the second line center and be the captain. Like there's nothing that says the captain has to be the best player on your hockey team. So this is a a good deal that still allows for salary cap flexibility. They made another one of those later. We'll talk about the heronic trade and kind of getting some money off the books in that regard. But this is, is it's not a deal that's going to really be like a thorn in your side and hinder you cap wise going forward while still locking up the captain of your team for what's going to end up being at worst most of his career, if not all of his career. Yeah, and absolutely. In terms of other things to go on, like you said, Scotty, it's front-loaded. Uh, he makes $10 million immediately next year, followed by 11, 10, 8, 8, 8, 7 7.1 to add it. End it. The first five years is a full no-trade uh, clause. And then the last three is a modified no train clause. And I believe I heard that was a six to eight team list he could have uh, at that point. So he's here, guys. Like he is here to stay. He's not going anywhere. And honestly, Scotty, at 8.7 with the cap going up, I wouldn't have it any other way. I think that's I think that's fair. Yeah. And well, honestly, Larkin got up. closer than what he wanted, than what Eiserman did. Well, yeah, you know, reports are reports, but it's it's uh it's it's good. It's good. I, I, I'm very pleased with it. I think the value is, is pretty spot on and I'm pumped to, to get going, man. I'm just excited to, to keep adding pieces and keep building around. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to continue the roster building that has already been going on for the last, what, eight to 15 months, probably. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We'll take a quick break, and when we come back, I do want to talk a little bit about Woolman, put a little yeah, focus agreed. on him, uh, and then we'll move on to the Phil Peronic trade because, you know, it feels like with all these signings, we were building towards something, and then, bam, big trade that no one would have expected. But first, I got to talk to you guys today about FanDuel. It's the midway point of the NHL season, and now is the perfect time to download the FanDuel app, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to goals scored 
And heck, you can even bet on first goal scored in any given game. Scotty, today I took three bets on the FanDuel app. I took Edmonton Oilers, dogs at home over the Toronto Maple Leafs, looking pretty good. In fact, they won 5-2, to two, so that's a win for McDavid me. McDavid had three points at the end of the first period. Yes. <laughs> I also took Devils. Dogs on the road in Colorado, currently up six to four as of recording this. And I took Golden Knights, dogs at home against the Carolina Hurricanes. That one's tied zero to zero. All plus odds. I like my dogs. I like my dogs. Clearly. You can get all that and more at FanDuel Sportsbook. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So you don't miss the so don't miss this chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash lockdown. That's fanduel.com slash lockdown to uh, learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are sitting here talking about the big contract signings. Before we move on to Jake Wallman, anything you want to say about Larkin? I mean, for me, it was pretty straightforward. This is a contract that needed to be done for the team, for the stability in the locker room and the culture you're trying to build. And you need to lock, like you need a guy like Larkin. And it got yeah. done. So yeah, I I agree. I, I think he's he's good for the Red Wings. Uh, th- there is a point in which everyone becomes like not as valuable as you would like if you pay them enough money. And I don't think they even came close to hitting that mark. And I, yeah, I, I think the value is too good to be upset. Even if you're like a, like a Larkin hater, I, I don't know. I, I think this is, it's pretty solid value all around. Well, don't get me wrong. It wasn't a hometown discount by any stretch of the imagination, but it was, oh, yeah, I'm it not was, trying to make it sound it like fair. we got a captain for five and a half. I'm like, yeah. it's yeah, no, I, I yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to go too hard the other way either. I'm, I'm saying this is, is. Fine value. It won't hinder the team. It's it's going to keep Larkin happy. That's uh, what went in my books. And it keeps me happy. And we all know that's what matters most. Uh, anyways, course. the Jake Wolman extension, we didn't get an opportunity to talk about that uh, or focus on it yet. Three years by $3.4 million uh, for the speedy defenseman who's come out of nowhere. This was a guy that was number two on my list in terms of guys I wanted to see signed. Uh, before the trade deadline, before the year was over. I didn't want to see him get traded away. Everyone was in agreement on that because he's quickly risen to be the number two defenseman on this team. When you saw his contract and what he was getting, his raise was going to be, how did you feel about that? Wallman? Yeah. Oh, I was, I mean, thrilled. I I mean, that's, that's another one. You know, it's, it's, that is certainly really solid value i really i'm a a big value guy and that one uh, for the next three years i think we're gonna be looking back at that one and and be pretty happy about it and he deserves it so much and we've kind of been talking about it slowly but surely having more and more conversations about wallman as we've gotten closer and closer to the deadline and uh earlier on in the season he was like a non-discussion point. And then at one point it was like, Hey, this dude's been, been pretty solid. We should probably talk about him a little bit more. And then it became, okay, he's on a hot streak. We'll probably sell him at the deadline. Cause he's a UFA. And then it became, this dude might just be a dog and maybe we want to hold on to him long-term. And the, the fact that he, we went through all of those stages and he kind of flew up the ranks of, uh, of, of priority 
so quickly, just in a span of like six months is nothing short of unbelievable. He absolutely deserves it. And I don't think that it's a like crazy overpay either. I mean, we're talking about what under four mil for a dude that for at least the rest of this year, depending on how the off season looks, maybe even next year is a top pair defenseman. I mean, that's, that, that, that's great value. So yeah, I'm thrilled. Uh, I think uh, Wallman in, in terms of team just outlook and development for like outsiders that are looking at the Red Wings is a great sign. I, yeah, I have literally nothing wrong or bad to say about this one. This is just checks every single box to me. I mean, this is, this is like you said, Scotty, perfect. Uh, he's got a modified no trade clause every single year. I don't know how, how large that team list can be. Uh, for Jake Wallman, but I mean, what, what's craziest to me too, is Prashant Iyer was calling for three by 3.4 for like at least two weeks. Yeah. And then the, the extension got made. I was like, what the, is this guy psychic? Does he have insiders? Like, does he, is he secretly Steve Eiserman? Because Prashant the fact that him. he called it to the dollar yeah. was insane to me, but three point three by 3.4 is kind of like the ultimate it's a little bit more than a prove it contract because a prove it contract's like one two years yep. um but it's also it'll release him into free agency at age 30 which is right in that range where guys want to hit free agency so he has the opportunity if it, the next it's a 10 team no trade list i'm seeing this right now on cap friendly by the way um that means for the next Three years, he has the opportunity to say, hey, I am a number two defenseman in the NHL. And then, you know, at the end of the 25-26 season, he might not be with the Red Wings because given what our cap situation might be by then, considering you want you want to assume the Red Wings are competing at that point, there might not be enough cap space to sign him long term. But that's okay because for the next three years, he offers you phenomenal stability on the left side and the left side in the NHL these days is a lot harder to get stability on than it is on the right side. And he and Moritz Sider have formed phenomenal chemistry. It's crazy. The type of year he's had, I, I don't have Jay Fresh's like hockey card up right now. And even Jay Fresh said that like, it's giving probably Jake Wallman a little bit more credit than it should based on the fact that he's playing with Moritz Sider because it was the model pulls from, uh, Cider and Sherratt's numbers and then Wallman and Cider's numbers. So it's kind of giving uh, some of the credit that Walt uh, Cider deserves to Wallman based on the fact that Wal Cider's play picked up so much by shifting with Wallman. But I'm getting off on a tangent. The point is, is Wallman's been very good and all the advanced analytics and the eye test prove it. And so I'm very happy that he's going to be here for the next three years. And it's also crazy when you look back. One, you got Jake Wallman, a number two defenseman for Nick Letty, who is an underperforming top four defenseman. They gave Nick Letty a full no trade clause, but the Red Wings were this close to losing Jake Wallman themselves. He was an RFA last year, but he, if he hadn't played every single game to end the season, he would have been a G6 UFA. He yeah. had to play every single game of the Detroit Red Wings to end the year to qualify for RFA status. The Red Wings would have lost team control and he could have walked away to a team that gave him more minutes. I don't know if that would have happened because he had a huge opportunity with the Red Wings regardless, but they were this close to not having that team control. Yeah. We were this close to not having Jake Wallman for the next three years. But we do. But we do. And so it's, you know, coming into this today, coming out, not even into today, but I guess today's episode, you know, we were thinking like, okay, this is building to be still a stand pat deadline outside of the trade for Philip Peroni or the trade for Tyler Bertuzzi is what everyone was assuming would happen. 
Right. But then Steve Eisman blindsides us. As he does. With a trade of trading Philip Ronick to the Vancouver Canucks. And now, Scotty, I'm sitting here, and I don't know what the plan was. At least that's what I thought when that trade initially happened. But now it's been hours. We gave it to about 11 o'clock at night here in case Steve Eisman had more cooking to do. And on the other side of this break, Scotty, you and I will kind of break down our thought processes behind why this Phil Perona trade happened and what it means for this team trade deadline and beyond. But first I got to talk to everyone about indeed, no matter how the last game went, anytime you take the field, you've got a shot at greatness. Give your team the best shot at winning by recruiting more MVPs with indeed. If you're hiring, you need indeed because indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract interview and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites, hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you can shortlist a qual- shortlist quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Offer valid through March 31st. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. All right, Scotty, let's get into the meat of this, which is crazy because everything before this has been meat too. It's like adding meat on meat. The third segment. We're like, let's start the show. Let's start the show. As if the Larkin and Wallman extensions weren't huge for this organization. But like I teased beforehand, it felt like everything was heading in one direction. You know, this team was on a trajectory of solidifying their core. And I don't know how you felt about Philip Peronic, but he was here for one more year at four. Let me double check on this. $4.4 million and was an RFA at the end. I never once thought Philip Peronic would get traded, at least not this season. He did. What was your instant reaction to that trade of Philip Peronic to the Vancouver Canucks? My instant reaction was... I'd have hit accept too. <laughs> uh, and that's not a slight on Heronic at all. We can just get right into it, I guess. Um, you're absolutely right. And and we have had this conversation on the show a lot. And, and that's something that I have been constantly trying to preach for a long time is like the, the trade value is, is market and team control. Like that's, that's what determines trade value. And, Heronic, who knows what the market for Heronic single-handedly was, or even if there is really was one. But I mean, objectively, because of the reasons you already laid out, year and a half of current contract left plus RFA status after that, for a dude that's only 25 and having a a really solid season offensively, that's you you could probably get some I don't think I, I if you would have asked me I I there's no way I would have told you we would have gotten a first and a second for him but I I think that there there absolutely was a little bit more value within him than maybe talked about maybe that again was just because we weren't having the discussion about is Hirona going to get traded because we didn't really think about that but uh that's the the type of creativity 
that makes a great GM in front office is just maximizing value. And Hironic, uh, I, I I love the dude, and I'm going to miss him and the handlebar. And, like, he he rocks. But, uh, I mean, at, 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 and there's a ton of question marks and, and questions, period, that I have about the defensive core going forward now in the direction that it's headed. But I every time I kind of go down that rabbit hole in my head and I'm like, what's going to happen to the, like the left side and, and what's, or the right side rather. And what's, you know, what's the, the second pairing, like really outside of Wallman and Sider, like going forward, we have Mata for sure. But I, I mean that I, I think ideally you, you don't want to be maybe playing only Mata like 15 minutes a night. Like I, I go down those rabbit holes and then I just come back to the same place, which is just, you got a first and a second round pick for Philip Peronic. Yeah. And that's just no matter how you slice it, what your angle is, what questions you have going forward, that's damn good value. This there's so much to break down with this. Uh first of all, the trade itself, the the in terms of the what actually happened, the Red Wings got the a twenty twenty three first round pick. It was the Islanders draft pick that the Canucks got in the Bo Horvat trade. It is conditional upon that if yeah. the Islanders finish, if the Islanders well, have a top 12 yeah. finish in terms of positioning in the draft, they can choose to claim that. So if they miss the playoffs and have picks one through 12, they can choose to claim that draft pick and then give you a unconditional 2024 first right. round pick. But if they finish 13th or worse positioning wise or 13 or better, I guess in their eyes, then we get the pick regardless. Yeah. And a 2023 second round pick via the Vancouver Canucks. We gave them a 2023 first, fourth round pick in the trade as well. So the Red Wings have now bolstered their first two rounds of this draft coming up. They have two first round picks, possibly one. If again, that condition is met Islanders finish first or 12 first through 12th worst, then you get next year's first round pick. But assuming that they finish between 13th and 32nd in the league in terms of, uh, you know, Playoffs. I, I'm sh- saying it weird, but people understand what I'm trying to say. Uh, you could have two first round picks this year and three second round picks because you have St. Louis's second round pick from the deal last season when you yeah. gave them Nick Letty. So that it's Nick like, Letty trade is coming back again. So you have right. five picks in the like first a- two rounds that could be picks 50 or higher. Right. It's not even draft. like you're not getting back into the seconds either. I mean, you're talking about five picks that will all likely be in the top 50 and at best, I mean, you're having, even having a conversation of like five picks in the top, like 42 to 45. range. Let's say the Islanders make the playoffs as a wild card, wild card one or wild card two. You're looking at like what picks 17 or 16 in the draft. That's still like middle. And this is a stacked draft guys. So there's like two, there's two avenues here. And I want to know what you think, Scotty. Either Steve Eiserman is accruing draft picks for the sake of a stacked draft and just get, trying to get as many darts throughout the board as possible, or is accruing draft picks to ship those off in a stacked draft to get a player of note that can help this team now, next year, and the season after, rather than have, trying to develop guys that you don't know will work out. What do you think is more likely? <sighs> It's like a sell now to buy later mentality. Yeah, I I think as it stands right now, and maybe this is a little bit of recency bias, but I not necessarily that he's making another move before the deadline, like 
Just, so like maybe before the draft or during right. the draft. I, I would I, I would I would say that the the favorite <laughs> the, the the minus money, if you will, is that he at least packages a couple of those picks together and gets another player or some type of asset that would be more than at least two. I don't know. I mean, three picks is kind of crazy. The pick, number of picks doesn't matter. I, I do think, to just answer your question straight up, that on draft night, I don't think that we will have, like once the draft is done, all seven rounds are done, that those five picks will all have been what they were and they'll all be like Detroit Red Wings and whatnot. I think that whether it's in the next 48 hours or whether it's when the season ends and we get into the offseason or whether it's on draft night itself, I think that Iserman and, and and like Brad Holmes does this too for the Lions. Like they, they understand that the reason you acquire a ton of draft picks is not necessarily so that you can draft a bunch of players. It's that so you, you can then use those as tradable assets as well. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, as of today, expect to happen, even if that's not seen in the next 48 hours. Well, and there's another aspect of this too. And I, I agree. Like either way, this is capital. This is, you can either exactly. pick, use those picks to get somebody way. or you can move them for a body. Now, regardless I feel like this trade was facilitated by the Vancouver Canucks because for whatever reason, the Vancouver Canucks believe that they can still make the playoffs despite having a horrid season and trading away their captain. This is a team that's trying to like make moves. Now they accrued a bunch of picks in that Bo Horvat trade. And yet, and they, they got like Bolivier. They got uh, Aturati who are good players. They looked like a team that was reloading to be, going to a rebuild, but like a short rebuild. And I guess a short rebuild means getting Philip Peronic and giving up the first round pick you got from the Islanders and a second. It, it, it blew. I don't understand the mindset because this isn't a team that is making the playoffs this year. Like, let's face it. They're delusional. If they think they're making the playoffs in that division, in that conference, really not that that not the Western conference is weaker than the Eastern conference without a doubt, but they're so far down in the standings. They're already they're over ten points out of the wild card race. They're fifteen yeah, they're, points out of the wild card race. Yeah, it's not happening. I it's and Phil Pronk doesn't solve their issues. Their issue is goaltending, and they need defensive defensemen. They added an offensive defenseman, and Phil Pronick is injured. He just got hurt in the second Ottawa Senators right. game and was spotted with a sling. Yeah, maybe, but yes. Like what? I don't, what I don't know, that? dude. I, I mean, like I'm. I would have taken the trade too. Right. I'm. I'm. <laughs> Like it's it's one of those trades where no matter how high you were on Heronic and no matter where you thought he kind of fit into the defensive core going forward, and no matter what uh, on the flip side of things, like for for like the wrong reasons, like it, it, it's hard to look at this from the Red Wings perspective and be and and for anyone to say no to that when it comes across your desk. And I guess that means the opposite for Vancouver's side. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, nights like tonight, I'm glad that, that we are locked on Red Wings and breaking down this (laughs) side of it because that's a, that's, that's a tough one. I mean, if you want to hear the Vancouver side, they just got two brand new hosts over at Lockdown Vancouver Canucks. Rebooted. The show's back. So go check them out. Show them some love for sure. 
they were on hiatus for quite a while as they tried to find new hosts. Lockdown Network did fill those roles. So give go give them a listen and see what they think of the trade. And man, I don't know because look at for comparison, look at what Jacob Chikrin got. Like well, a, that was hour yeah, later. That's the craziest thing to me is he, he was what a first and two seconds. So the difference between a 2026 second, right? Like, so the difference between him and Hironic is a second round pick three years, three from, years now? from now. Well, like, and that's, that, that's it, it's it's wild, man. Like, Iserman just got away with highway robbery, and granted. For to Phil Pronick's credit, and he's been pretty bad since the new year started. There's no there's no denial denial on that. And he was really bad in those two games against Ottawa before getting unfortunately injured. But on the season, he was having a career year. He was a plus eight on a team that has a minus goal differential. And remember, you don't get pluses on power plays. Yeah. Especially where he thrived. You don't get pluses and minuses on special teams. So he was a plus eight at even strength and had tied his career high of 38 points in 15 last games. Actually, might might have been 20 last games. Um, I, I can't remember exactly how many games played he had last season compared to this year, but he's already tied his career high, so he's going to set a new career high, Given assuming he plays another game and gets another point. So he's yeah. had a career year despite slumping yeah, as of yeah. late. But the fact that they traded for an injured guy who is in the last month and a half, last two months, hasn't played well. Well, I just... It, and like that again, like you're you're getting him for at least a year and a half, and then he's an RFA after. Like what you know, if you think yeah, he's I a long term solution to your blue line, then the injury doesn't matter like that much. But the optics of trading away your captain, acquiring a package that involves a first round pick, and then turning around and trading that first round pick as well as one of your own second round picks for a guy who on a lot of teams is a second pairing defenseman is, is optically, I think tough to sell to a fan base. If you're Vancouver, like, I but just... we're Detroit. And I think it's a relatively easy sell for as much as we love Heronic. Well, that's exactly it. Like I was pretty high on Heronic all season long. I've yeah, always we, believed we, his we, upside. We've sung the praises of like how great of a, a season he's had and how big of like strides he's taken in the last year and a half. I mean, if we remember the beginning of last season, he was getting healthy. Yeah. Remember? And we were like, oh my goodness, this is a disaster and, and whatnot. And like now he has turned himself into a legitimate offensive defenseman at only 25 years old. It, he He's he's taken great strides and is uh, should absolutely be proud of the, the season he's had and the, the direction his career is headed. And I hope and expect him to be really solid in Vancouver. Like I, I fully expect that, but I, what I said at the very beginning of the segment, right at the end of the day, no matter how many of these rabbit holes I go down, I just come back to like, are you really going to decline a first and a second round pick for <laughs> Philip Peronic? And I, I just don't see a world in which you, you ever can. Well, and especially if you think that this season might be an outlier for him too. Like if you think this is a flash in yeah, the pain year, selling you're high selling a real high. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Selling high is a thing. And it's, you know, I never thought he was once in danger, but I can't look at the return you got for him and think, oh my God, that's a bad, like, this is a great return. And plus, you know, we're already at 35 minutes. It's going to be a long episode. The thing that is also to note is you just signed Larkin to an extension where he'll be making two more million dollars starting next year against the cap. He makes 6.1 this year. He's going to be making 8.7 starting next year, as well as Wallman, who's got a two-year pay bump. 
and Olimata, who got a pay bump as well for the next two years. So he goes up to. Yeah, if you needed a clear cap space, yeah. that was a, a, a four rally. off the books. Four yeah, I, I don't want to say easy target, but he for a first and a second round pick, he's a relatively easy target. And I mean, that makes the idea of trading that those assets for a big name to bring in who would count more against the cap easier because you've just cleared four and a half off the books. Also, and you mentioned this, this clears way for maybe another defenseman to make his way up. Now, it'd be tough. Like you said, again, running a right-handed defenseman and we're log jammed with left-handed down the depth chart. But Ben Sherratt has played at times in his career on the right side. So you want to slide him over. Now you have a pathway to Simon Edmondson. You know what other defenseman has been playing really well in Grand Rapids this year? Albert Johansson. I do. I do He's know. a right-handed defenseman. Johansson's been playing very well. Uh, yeah, and that, that's another guy you can slide it on the right side and not feel bad about it at all. So, But um, I got a feeling that for the time being, it's probably going to be Gustav Lindstrom and Robert Haig on an everyday basis. as this Probably, team. <laughs> but also, we. I mean, again, with the amount of assets we just acquired, let's let's give it. 48 hours and then we'll reassess after the deadline because yeah because you're sitting at 22 players on the roster you can fill you can bring somebody up yeah let, let's let's give it till the deadline we'll let all the moves that are going to happen happen and then we'll reassess where the team is at i know that's weird because we literally play a game tonight but <laughs> that it's it's so fluid and this is already one of the craziest trade deadlines i have of of memory already and we're not even within 24 hours of deadline day at the time of this recording. So um, I'm, I'm super pumped just as a hockey fan to see what happens. But as as far as analyzing the wings and the structure of the team and who's going to get called up and how to fill this spot, I, I think it would be honestly stupid is the word I want to use <laughs> to try and have that conversation before giving Iserman the remainder of the trade deadline. Yeah, I mean, if you look at – because – Right now, Rasmussen is not on the IR, guys, even though he's hurt. If he goes on the IR, then your roster goes down to 21 players. If you trade away Bertuzzi, then you went on to 20 players. Now you're looking at, and you know, depending on the return you get for him, you might get a player who can play in the NHL back. But if you trade that away, then you have roster spots available, which wasn't a thing literally two days ago, to give the guys who you yeah. want to give a shot. Yeah. So like that 100%. means post-deadline, even if the Red Wings have sold, you might get to see exciting things like Elmer Soderblom on this roster. You might get to see Simon Edvinson, Albert Johansson, Adam Ernie. I mean, all right, chill. <laughs> but I, I, I do think that, uh, that, you know, results will carry a lot of weight in that as well. I mean, if they go on an L 10, then like, yeah, they're going to start calling some kids up, but if they're, if, they're, <laughs> but if they're, uh, if they're, you know, like still after they sell off, they're still relatively in it and they're still whenever, you know, within like six or seven points of the wild card with a month left. Then they'll probably just, just, well, very end of the season, I guess is another different conversation, but you get what I'm saying. I, I think the the team's performance will probably determine a lot of that as well. But yeah, I, I, the biggest thing is just let, let's give them the last, the last two days here and see what yeah, happens. Absolutely. It's just crazy because when that, I guess to finish the conversation on this, Scotty, when they made that trade, I was shocked and I was a little, I, I was like this, why would they do this? They didn't even get prospects back because I believe, you know, I'm of the mindset we're in a build mode, like getting picks back doesn't guarantee success, you know, even though it's a stacked draft, but Capital then the more, assets. exactly. The more and more I thought about it, the more I love this trade because the amount of flexibility this gives the Red Wings, you got $4 million off the book. 
you got assets you can either draft or trade and you got room for young guys to come up on the roster and again assuming they deserve the roster spot you don't just give anyone roster spots but assuming they deserve it you finally have an opportunity for them to make waves at the nhl level like this heronic deal which has seemingly come out of nowhere has given the red wings a plethora of flexibility for this year and years to come absolutely so um the red wings play seattle tonight That'll be exciting. It's so weird. These <laughs> these are always really weird games because um, anytime the biggest news story of an organization is not the game they are literally actively playing, it is always very unique. So this is one of those rare times where I think uh, obviously we will be watching and analyzing and a- as the rest of the fan base will, but – I think this is one of those rare times where uh, the biggest story is actually not going to be on the ice for a day. Yeah. So obviously on Friday, we'll have a game recap, but, and with it, whatever, any news happens, but as far as, (laughs) as far as previews go guys, uh, Red Wings on an L3, they got to, if they want to stay in the wild card race, this is a must win, but also you have to assume the team is in sell mode right now. So the philosophy here going the rest of the season is, is just have fun. Let's just have fun. Okay, that's, that's a crazy <laughs> mindset. I think there's a lot more than just have fun. But, yes, I, I think the next two days will determine a lot more of that as well. Um, but, yeah, yeah, let's let's get it through the deadline. Then we'll reassess is kind of where yeah. I'm at. All right. Any final thoughts, Scotty? We ball. We do ball. We'll be back on Friday with a game recap and whatever else ha- may happen. Who knows? Iserman's on one right now. Uh, So stay tuned to Lockdown Red Wings. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.